0: My name is Sue Nelson and for the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about all things food. And I'm joined by my handsome fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd, a great British chef.
1: I'm oh, in a good mood today, Ollie. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 The reason why I'm in a good mood is because, as you know, we had the Food Talk Awards uh, a good month or so ago now. And we had, oh, 250, 300 entrants, some incredible things. Um, and it was very, very hard, I have to say, to get down to like the final five or six for finalists, which we managed to do. And then we had some um, great judges who came to judge, you know, very knowledgeable judges who came to judge um, uh, some of the categories. And we have two of our gold award winners here today. I oh know, we're very lucky. Aren't we lucky? So I'm very pleased um, to welcome Philip Yao of Bonnie Yao's Food Products. Hi, Hello Philip. Too. Hi. And also Adam Pettit from Cornware. Good afternoon, Sue. Mm. So we're, I'm going to. You weren't present at the judging because I didn't invite you, Ollie. Um, happens, you know. She tries to
1: work out <laughs> where she can exclude me, and then you know. Um,
0: so I was very keen for you to to actually see some of these, and I have to say um, that the judges were particularly um, impressed by the satay sauce um here that, that that philip sort of makes um so and you haven't tasted it whereas i've tasted i haven't it a lot um i'll be very interested to see what you what you think of that and then of course we've got um the you know replacement for plastic which is which is an incredibly important um topic i think it's really exciting it's, it's really getting a lot exciting. of press moment, it? it is getting a lot of press and adam's bought loads and loads of stuff that they do um for cornware and you'll be stunned at, at how incredible it is. And I think one of the problems that, that, that maybe Cornware have is that it actually doesn't look any different from plastic, <laughs> which is which is, which is is rather silly. But it's, it's uh, you know, that could be a problem in that actually it looks exactly like plastic.
2: Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, we're all out here to do a lot of education about it, right? The, yeah. the, the product's getting better and better over time that, you know, the public's realising, right, it's in the tip of your tongue now, plastic, we need to do something about this.
0: And, and I, um, I am definitely... I'm sure you're seeing this in your research, Ollie, There definitely is a tide being turned and people are saying, I don't want plastic in my house if I can help it. I'm, I'm, I'm coming across a lot of people who aren't generally that bothered by those things who are saying, like, plastic's evil, I don't want it in my house.
1: It, it, it's amazing, I think, how much it's turned, I would say, in literally the last year. Yeah. Where it's become a kind of a mainstream argument to be had. And I yeah. think, you know, whether it's the straw debate whether it's the, you know, the debate that was sparked by um, Green Planet, you know, all of that kind of stuff has obviously just caught the consumer's mind and just made people think, oh, you know what? And I think look, any, every time, you know, un, you know, we unwrap a whole bunch of vegetables and things in the supermarket, you think, oh, the amount you throw away the whole time. It's criminal.
0: And I, I think that people thought it just disappeared somewhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that, that what, what people, what I think what's been a real shock is it doesn't disappear somewhere, it goes somewhere. And it sits somewhere else. You know, it doesn't just sort of disappear into thin air. And and I think that's been the thing that's been the shock. It's like, well, it's piled up in these oceans and the birds are, you know, ingesting it. And then they, they're starving because they're, you know, the gullets are full of plastic. Uh, you know, as well as there's this horrible shock of the stuff just sitting there. Um, you know, and of course it goes somewhere. Yeah,
1: and, and it, not only does it go somewhere, but it has to be taken somewhere yeah. and processed and taken somewhere else to be, you know, I mean... The whole—I mean, there's an entire infrastructure behind.
0: And there's that awful thing I was hearing that every single piece of plastic that's ever been made—that's over 100 years, you know, since that started—is still around. Well, yeah. I mean, how shocked? I mean, I mean, I didn't even think about it.
2: It's awful, and I mean, unfortunately, it's probably going to be sitting there for the next, you know, four or five hundred years plus before there's uh, before they start breaking down. But that's why we got these, you know, awesome solutions moving forward where. You know, the technology is there that we can make a sustainable option, mm. and it's.
0: You know. So, so your your company um, Cornware, um, um, how many people have got working there? It's quite a big company, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we're we're growing super fast. I mean, we're now growing all across Europe. It's a very exciting time for the the business, to be honest.
0: So, you got how many people? Hundreds.
2: <laughs> Customers, yes. Customers. Um, yeah, no, we 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 got um, a team of around about ten to fifteen at the 15, moment. No in the UK, blimey.
0: Yeah, You're so. doing very well then. You're punching well above your weight. Uh, getting there, getting, getting there. Getting there, good. So you've got a whole range and, and what you've got in front of us is we've got sort of trays that you might have meat on, and you've got a sort of burger sort of what do you call it, thing. What do you call that? <laughs> What's that called? Takeaway box. That's the one. <laughs> and you've got some straws here and you've got some cups. Now now take us through this. This is this is all made from corn.
2: Yeah so we can use a variety of um, bioplastics essentially but a lot of them seem to drive back to cornstarch as they're that's where they're sort of born from really. Um, The good thing is we can make them look feel and act just like plastic but without the harmful side of it and we were talking about the you know what happens after waste you know if it ends up in the ocean or in a side of the M25 (laughs) it's going to be there for a very very long time but what's often forgotten is that to make a Plastic cup or fork, you know we're drilling in the ground for <coughs> for petrol. Bull. yeah, exactly yeah. when instead we can be using a sustainable
0: option made out of oil so so these these are made out of corn It's made out of cornstarch.
2: That's right, yes.
0: Well, it just doesn't look like it, does it, Ollie? It just looks like a normal No, I mean it you, note, you simply would hard not wearing
1: know, you would not know the difference. I mean, I'd actually say the trays actually almost feel. You know, more robust than most of the trays that you you get stuff on. Plastic, yeah. So, yeah. how hard is this technology? I mean, is it, as an are you doing something that's that's protected, that's that's kind of that's you know very complicated, and therefore you know you guys are at the forefront, or is this kind of a mass technology that's being employed all over the world at the moment?
2: Yeah, so a great question, uh, Ollie. We're, we're we're definitely innovating the way, um, and we started off in Singapore back in uh, you know over ten years ago now. That's when the the bioplastic wave was starting to become commercially viable instead of just something that was happening in a lab. Um, but now it's um, obviously at a point of full mass production. We're really, truly eliminating plastic from the high street, from the big coffee chains everywhere that we can. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about pushing those boundaries to you know, bring the price down and have as big of an impact as, as possible, really.
0: I think you managed to get out of answering the question there. So I think the question was... Are others <laughs> 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 <Sorry, laughs> doing ahead. it? Are others are, using cornstarch as well? Is it, is, it, is it just you? There I are... I mean, they p- do make it slightly differently. I understand that. But are other people using corn? Uh,
2: yeah. So in the UK, we've got... Um, we're the only ones using our exact same um, formula, if, if sure. you are. There's a few other variations which all have their, their pros and cons. Um, but we're no, definitely leading the way on that on that front.
0: Good. i to hear it.
1: And it, are there? What are the drawbacks? So you know, obviously, plastic food is obviously one of the areas that use plastics, but the others are, you know, what I call ch- you know, children's toys, and you know the ever stream of plastic in that area. There's, you know, the whole health and beauty industry that stuff. You know, can you know? Does it all? Does all? This, does all this stuff stand up to sort of the wear and tear of other, of other usages?
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. So another, um, there's a lot of sectors that we're looking at here. A big one is actually on the agricultural side so you mentioned before when you're buying your produce at the supermarket can we which we can replace what you when you buy a box of mushrooms when they come in the plastic base all the way through to the agriculture supply chain through to you know cosmetics companies that we're starting to work with at the moment um, that. You know, obviously the ethos is still there, but the packaging needs to be looked after as well. Mm.
0: I mean, one of the things that struck us as judges when we were looking at what you're doing, and we were looking specifically at the sushi tray that you had, Great. is that, you know, some of these products are a little bit wet or, or you know, can leak or there's some condensation or something. Um, and, and the worry with not having plastic is it is it might not be quite as waterproof. What stunned us about what you're doing is it is. In fact, it's better, probably. Yes.
2: Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, some of the options that are out there currently for eco solutions they're made from plant fibers themselves so they're, they're a bit cardboardy which yeah. uh, you know they, they can look very eco but all of a sudden once you put uh, you know uh, some nice sauce, food with sauce on it or hot food especially they can you know warp and soak that in but what we need is the good elements of plastic which is the you know, how it acts, yeah. which we can mimic with the cornstarch.
0: Hmm. And, and um, uh, h- how long does it take for, for one of the, this, this burger tray thing? How long would that take to um, sort of decompose or whatever you call it?
2: Yeah, so these ones, we, we say a couple hundred days, these will be gone. Um, but the, by gone, you
0: mean there will literally be nothing left? Yes, it will go back into the earth? So they so will
2: crack and break down and right back through to their natural elements. And some of them, like these clear cups made from um, a material called PLA, polylactic acid, uh, if, when these go into a composting facility, 90 days, and it's uh, Nothing certified left. 90 to 120 days, and they are back to nature and used as compost. So then you get the added benefit there.
0: So why would we not use these then instead of plastic? Is, is it a price thing?
2: It starts off as a price thing, and now we see that you know consumers are really voting with their voting with their wallets now. Um, it's this conversation has been boiling, you know, sort of bubbling up for a while, but it's only, as you say, the past year that the con- we, we can drive it with government action to a certain extent, but it's not until the everyday person starts voting with their wallet, in our but it opinion. it really makes a
1: difference, yeah. yeah. But also, I think what's interesting is, is that I would say beyond that, the intermediaries. So you take large coffee chains, you take large fast food chains, you take big retailers. If a retailer declares they are going to be plastic-free, the impact of that decision is enormous. Because in the end, they control control. everything. I mean, they control a lot of what comes into the houses. And ultimately, it's a driver now of consumer choice. Mm -hmm. So actually, the fact that something is completely recyclable, compostable, actually will make people go, I'm going to choose A versus B. And that's... That's great because then brands want to be associated but, with it.
0: But how much would, let's say, McDonald's decided to have all their burgers in that as opposed to what they've currently got, mm-hmm. how much would that add to the cost of, let's say, something that was three or four pounds uh, to eat, you know, to buy to eat? Yeah, you know, How much would that would that add to their packaging by using yours instead of plastic?
2: Yeah, I mean, comparing something as a, or taking a like for like, you know, we're, we're talking about a penny or so here. It's really small percentages on what they're already spending and then, you know, we can make that back in, in marketing when that pushes them ahead of the the crowd. You know, going can be strides ahead of the ones that don't take this on. That it's an investment worthwhile making. Ollie, well,
0: you've worked for the big corporates. Why would you not do this?
1: Do you know? It's interesting. I was. Um, Why I was not? Talk- I, think, I think they are. I think they are actually keen. Right. I was talking yeah. to to Keith Weed the other day, and he was talking about the need to actually drive, you know, innovation and not drive based upon where legislation is today, yeah, yeah. but where, where legislation will be. And so if you know, I think the Unilevers this world are looking at combustible packaging because yeah. if they don't, they don't want to be in a position where you're 12 months away from combustible packaging being the law in Europe and suddenly having to go, "Oh my God, because that's really expensive." yeah mm-hmm. and I think the key and this is what I think is exciting is that you know, when you've got people the size of Unilever and you know others looking at solving these problems alongside people like yourself, we're going to get movement and I have to say you know, there are lots of times on this show we, we, you know, we sort of the other day you ended the, the 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 um the talk with you know a sort of depressing note about childhood obesity um and, and food Sorry, i didn't mean to. that's no, right <laughs> but, no, but, the, but the point actually is is that i think what's great is is that when we turn our brain to solve these kind of complicated problems we can actually solve them um and while not all problems are solvable mm. you know it does seem that we're making some quite good strides in this area i mean we've got a hell of a long way to go but we're seeing the, you know, the buds of innovation.
0: But if if Cornware, are, you know, are, are doing all this sort of stuff and trying, you know, valiantly as a, as a smallish company and doing quite well, where does that sit with the big companies, though? So wouldn't it be better if they just went to Adam and said, look, can you help us with this, as opposed to try and reinvent it inside what they're doing? Or would and they, I'm would sure they, they never probably do know. That? I'm
1: sure they are working with, with people like Adam. I'm sure right. that's actually where the conversations are going. Um, because in the end, I think, you know, most of these big branded manufacturers don't see themselves as packaging companies no. you know maybe they should and maybe that will be a way to massively differentiate themselves but actually they have suppliers people are you know hundreds of different lorries are arriving every day at all these factories mm. giving them ingredients and raw materials um so i think actually you know this is about collaboration between you know packaging specialists and consumer goods companies and restaurants and retailers and mm. you know in the end everyone wants a win-win on this
0: and what would you recommend, Adam, if you, if you were going into, let's say, a Starbucks or a fast food joint or going to get a sandwich? Mm-hmm. How, how, would you, how would you have a conversation with the person behind the counter to say, actually, I'd prefer if I could have some packaging that wasn't plastic. Do you have any here or whatever? Just so that we can get our voices heard so that they get to know that actually we want to make that choice.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's those simple acts. but if we, if we all do them, they genuinely add up. From the simple conversation with the barista at the at the store all the way through to you know speaking on social media the, these things all just raise the general awareness which ultimately you know as we say when we work with the industry partners change can start to start to move
0: so you could say to your friendly barista that you might see nearly every morning on your way to work yes. <laughs> look i i really would like a choice where the packaging isn't plastic can you tell your manager can you whatever because you know Otherwise, you don't. Want British people like they don't really say anything. That's the problem. <laughs> We're a bit
2: too polite sometimes, mm. aren't we?
0: But but and I'm not. I'm not being. I don't say we should be rude. But we should say mm. I really want you to find me an alternative.
1: But has a, I know this this particular cup has a logo on it? Has the have these things been taken on by the high street chains yet?
2: Uh, yes. So there, there's a lot of conversations going on, but we can see. Uh, you know, as an example, pure pure food. Uh, mm. They've got I think about 30 sites in in London at the moment. For example, we're supplying all of their cutlery, which for a a chain of that size, you know, it's a sizable decision for them to make. And we can see that... But if the big
1: chains, so the big coffee chains have Mm. the the Café Nero's, have the Starbucks, the Pretz, have they embraced
2: this stuff yet? We see them making actions in, you know, starting the bring-your-own-cup policy and, you know, some of these other ways where it's...
0: Where it's cheap and lazy, yeah.
2: Yeah, we know that there's obviously conversations going on which we're part of but it's, it's 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 a long road it's not going to happen overnight when there's
0: it's a bit of a cop-out though to say we're not gonna do anything about it but if you're if you're unhappy bring your own cup i mean i just i can't be doing with that as if i'm going to sit on the tubes carrying a cup with me
2: well that's we've got habits right i mean who ultimately we need disposable packaging just because we like. like to think it's a
0: cop-out though. yeah
1: it is a cop-out but i think what's interesting is is that you know, if you are one of the major coffee chains in the UK, there is a chance to differentiate yourself. And, yeah, and ultimately, now. okay. So, what what have they done? Maybe they've got year-long contracts with various, you know, cup suppliers. Well, you know what? Make the choices. It's a hard choice, but if you want to differentiate yourself and you know
0: and make an impact, that's where you you know you can make a difference. Philip, I know you've been in the in the food business for a little while. Have you got any thoughts about this? Am I, am I being are we being a bit harsh? Because um, you're at the sort of, you know, I, sharp I think, end of um, the food business. Well, my perspective is
3: is about the packaging for our foods and whether the packaging de- delivers the performance that we need. So we hot fill our products, for one thing. So the packaging has to stand up to being um, pasteurisation heats, um, but also shelf life. So if your products are made from a food, i.e. corn, do we then have to start thinking about, well what's the shelf life of the packaging going to be mm-hmm. and would it last well enough for the, the product inside? So typically, yeah. you know, some products can have a shelf life of two years on them. So if your packaging can't last two years, what sort of questions does that raise and but, how do but, we but deal you, with that but, in the supply chain?
0: We you use glass, don't you? You don't use We plastic. We use glass. Yeah. So
3: um, we do look at other options. So there are things like foil pouches, which aren't very recyclable, mm. um, but that's why we've stuck stuck with glass for the time being because Mm. everybody knows it's recyclable they see it and they know okay that goes in the the glass recycle um bin um the question i raised um earlier with 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 adam as well was how do people recognize that the packaging is actually because it
0: looks so great (laughs) i mean in a way you almost want to make it look a bit like i don't know hobo <laughs> and, a, and a little bit i don't know uh, j- just to almost differentiate it because it's so good you wouldn't know and, and is that a problem or is that good i don't know
1: but I, I think the biggest question is what happens to its life cycle so let's say yeah. major coffee chain a choose to move to completely compost, compostable coffee cups and that gets thrown in the regular bin what happens what's the impact of that is it making the impact that we want obviously on one level it is in the sense that it's not going to be around in 100 years, so that's a tick. But how does that work? So I think it is about, you know, we, we're not going to change every consumer habit all at once. Absolutely. We need to ask what, what the impact is.
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, the options are there. I mean, the majority, if they, the food the food waste streams are there, that the majority of these products, all of the compostable ones that we see here, can just go straight, pop them in the food waste chain. And they'll go off to the compostable facility and, and decompose there. But but in a, on
1: a high street, there yes. is not a compostable facility. Like I, I have a cup of coffee in a coffee shop. I finish it. You know okay, what happens to him? what happens to next. I get you, on the. You want to know. You know, yeah. and that, and that's the, you because know, in the end, you know, we've got to be solving the problem. It's like you know, bikes in London. There are enough places to lock your bike. So in the end, that's a restraint. You know, you got to you have to look at the whole life cycle of, mm. of the change you need in order to actually make the impact you need. And obviously, you can't fix that, but this is where the brands in question and the the infrastructure around. Ha- have got impact. the power to, or, I, or or give it some leverage anyway.
3: I don't think there have been enough questions asked about what happens to the packaging waste. Yeah. I think that there is a need in in certain applications to use plastic.
0: Um oh, I, I, we, I think we know that, that there is a use for plastic sometimes. Yeah, but just not but as I don't hear very many people as as asking
3: how how did it end up in the sea? Yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. What, what what's happened between that point when you you throw it in the green bin, uh, and then you hear about it being in the sea. So perhaps that's an area we should pay more attention to, actually.
0: Mm. Yeah. Good, good question. We're going to leave that question unanswered. Please can't answer it. Please <laughs> send us your answers on Twitter. Can we turn now to your lovely satay sauce? Please do. <laughs> now, would you like to try some, um, Ollie? I have a spoon. So the judges uh, thought that it was a really interesting, complicated taste. It's a satay sauce. Look at his face. It's a satay sauce, but it's nut-free. And you would never believe it. Um, you have to actually say something on the radio, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting you
1: finish. I'm, l- I'm letting you finish your sentence. Mm, what Drooling.
0: do you think? There's a good amount of chili in that as well, isn't there? I knew you'd like the
1: it. Um, it's a bit. Hot. You know, it's really it. You you really Can don't you miss s- the nuts, do you?
0: No, and that's what we thought was outstanding. Not only was it great on taste, which is about it was brilliant on taste. Really nice amount of chili hit, but you would never know that was not free. No. And that may well be if you've got a nut allergy. M- that might well be one of those things that you really, really miss, and now you can have it. That's what I was thinking. Interesting. I mean, you
1: know, I don't think we know what what number of people in the UK know you can't have it's mine. No, you can pass um, it over. Come on. Um, don't put the lid on. Don't. I just don't want it to spill all over the yeah, studio. You, just you know. Think you're going to take um, it home. I mean, I wonder how you might know this. I, we haven't asked it. But how big is the nut allergy population of the UK? I've got, some, I, I've got some. I've got some. I've got some.
0: I
3: don't have some actual facts and figures in I, my head, but I have. Would you like them. Do. Yeah, please
0: do. So, four percent of adults and four percent of children have food allergies. Yeah. Full stop. Uh, about ninety percent of food allergies are caused by tree nuts, so that's almonds, walnuts, pecans and peanuts was slightly different, milk, egg, fish, shellfish, wheat, and soya. And just less than 1% of people have a peanut allergy, which can vary from mild to severe. Um, And the prevalence of peanut allergies doubled from 1997 to 2002. It's an increasing problem. In in our
3: experience, most people we've spoken to Know somebody who has a nut allergy, so just sort of um, based on that, we just know like that the Kevin Bacon theory so that everyone well, it's, it's, is everyone is actually
1: less than seven degrees we, of we, separation.
3: We think it's something that is becoming increasingly important, um, and and not solely because of the the implications of you know it being a, an allergen, but um, I think a lot of people who don't have nut allergies are totally unaware of how life. You know, can be so difficult for those who yeah. do. You know, you. Can't I know a lot, a lot. of
0: schools now ban anything to do with nuts yeah. because because it's just safer. You could have this in school, couldn't you? Wow. Mm-mm. Yeah, you,
1: you, you need your children to have a certain taste profile. I mean, they need to have eaten as <laughs> much chili, chili as can, mine have.
0: I can I can eat that though, and I'm not a great one at. <clears throat> Actually, no, I've just gotten it now. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a late chilli, isn't it? It's not, it's not one of those, yeah. it's not a front-taste chilli. Chili, it's actually yeah. one of those ones that really comes through. And what I really liked about this, Philip, was the um, the texture as well. It's got a sort of nutty texture. How did you manage to uh, make pumpkin this? Seeds, a secret? Oh, pumpkin fact.
3: seeds, in fact. So we, you do need that texture for it to be a satay sauce. So you need um, some seeds as opposed to So we've we chosen to use seeds. Now, the good thing about seeds, um, as opposed to peanuts, is that they don't exude the same amount of oil. Mm. So the oil from the from the peanuts, that oil can also affect the flavour as well as the, the texture. So you don't have so much control over that as an ingredient. Um, but using seeds solves, solves that problem entirely.
0: So all of your products, because I've also got at home, I think you've got a hoisin sauce which is very, very nice by the that, way. That's correct. Um, and you've got sweet and sour sauce as well. Um, the The thing about all of your your range is they're not only nut free they're soy free dairy free gluten free and m s g free and and for vegans and that's what we were so impressed by because you would never i mean anybody can eat that anybody as long as they like a bit chili <laughs> that's quite hard to achieve
1: it's extremely hard to achieve but i think it's what i what I really like about it is i mean i look at this the ingredients on the side and it's just full of awesome things you know i mean it's like <laughs> we the, think ga- so you too. know it's the galangals and it's the chilies and it's the coriander <laughs> leaves and the roots and it's, it's got you know it's, it's a pretty complicated taste you've built up there. Yeah, I mean... The,
0: which is, is a lot of work to do at home. And that's what I think the judges were impressed by. It is a lovely, complicated taste. Um, you know, even after you've sorted it, there's loads of things going on. And that's what the judges were so impressed by.
3: What we were aiming to achieve was, was a balance. So we have a little bit of heat in there. We've got some sweeteners. We've got the, the lemongrass, the citrus notes. Um, and I think one of the key ingredients um, is actually galangal. So galangal
1: I think is very underrated. Um, well, you need you need to definitely get into the I mean you're not going to get it in your regular Tesco's or Waitrose. And that's, that, see, got that that's more you more you see more. it occasionally yeah, but it's yeah. not it's not something you go, "Ooh, I need galangal, I know it's mm. going to be there."
0: That. It's got that slight ginger profile, hasn't it? It's, okay, it's, it's like, one of those ingredients it's that is, like. is quite subtle, um,
3: mm. but you'd miss it if it wasn't there. Mm. But if it when you do taste it, it's hard to f-
1: put your finger on it. Are you a convert Ollie? I think it's delicious. I think,
3: I think it's absolutely delicious. absolutely delicious.
0: Absolutely yeah. delicious. A, a deserved gold winner.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Mm. And I think it's interesting, you I often find that in sauces there are compromises. You know, particularly, you know, that's you know, with a satay sauce, yeah. it's actually it's a very well known taste. It's not like you're trying something for the first time. You've got a kind of an idea in your own mind of what a satay sauce tastes and like. And that's
0: why I thought peanut lovers would love it, because yeah. in their head they've probably got that. Mm. And not being able to satisfy it. <laughs> you know yeah, and, I mean? and it's a little bit like what we had last week with mm. the
1: guy who was making, you know, burgers out of vegetables and all sorts of other stuff, uh, which genuinely looked like burgers. I think that you know this is a really good example where you've solved a problem without compromise,
0: which, no is, compromise, which is always interesting. Yeah. Where can we get it? Where can we get it from, Philip?
3: <laughs> uh, first port of call would be our, our website. Um, that's yowsfood.co.uk. Uh We've got a little map on there with our independent retailers. So. We're at relatively early stages with our business, so we're building it up um, from the ground up, uh, individually, almost one by one, uh, reta- one retailer at a time. So we're looking at farm shops and garden centres. Um, however, we are um, just embarking on a, on a slightly different direction because we've had some interest from from Morrison's, and we are actually doing um, a trial in one local store. So this was a store that's um, newly, newly opened earlier in the year, and we went through the local producer scheme. Um, we've just had our, our review... F- for the first three months. And they seem quite happy with it. So the hope is that we'll be offered more stores and and that will be the point where we, we um, really and where, where is that
0: Morrison store? In St. St. Ives in uh, Right, in if, you, if you're listening from St. Ives, go in there, buy some. If you really, really like it, tell the store manager they need to get shed loads in there. Yeah, and if you live in <laughs> London, <laughs> it's a
1: six-hour drive. But make sure you visit Tate St. Ives as well while you're down there, <laughs> because that's lovely. Um, just I, just I order it, it online, we'll yeah, send it Yeah, I think yeah, the other yeah. thing that's <laughs> interesting is, uh, you, know, you know, we've looked a lot at, you know, I suppose the eating habits of UK foodies. And what's interesting is, you know, the trend is not towards french cuisine it's actually towards asian cuisines it's towards the chinese and the thais and the indian and it's great seeing a product because I, I think of this is a very authentically tasting product um Thank you. and i think that's you know that's really exciting it doesn't feel like you might say made in britain on the side but you know
0: you just got to look at a list of ingredients, as you said, though, um, and that's 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 what for me was the complicated thing is getting the balance of all those things right. Mm. And there's yeah. not there's nothing in there that, that you would be worried about eating. It's it's no. really good.
1: So what's so what's the plan for Yau's? I mean, what, what are you? So obviously you've got an amazing tasting sauce and to on the other products. So what's the what's the plan? What are you trying to? Um, well,
3: I think our our goal is to. ...offer a range of pan-Asian cooking solutions that are all-natural. So that's the thing that guides us... ...is the fact that every ingredient we use is a natural ingredient... ...and with the sauces, we started out actually just doing gluten-free. But then as we did that, we came across so many people... ...who are allergic to so many different things... ...that we thought, well, what other things can we do... ...to to make their lives easier, to make um, Asian cuisine more accessible? So we started cutting out the MSG and the flour... Uh, and we don't even use citric acid. So you know, the, the, some people argue that citric acid is a natural product, and, and yes, it occurs naturally. But in, in actually, in food production, it's not a natural product. So so we don't use it. Um, and really, it's just to, to 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 raise the profile even more of Asian cooking, and also to bring in new styles, new cuisines. So we're looking at Korean. Uh, Malaysian, oh yeah, um, Japanese as well. You know, yeah. outside of London, Japanese is is not not that accessible. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the space that we're in at the moment.
1: I think the in- really interesting thing is that one of the things we've certainly seen from our research is that foodies do go to Asian supermarkets. Mm. Yes, and actually they go there for specialist stuff. I have an Asian supermarket in Islington I go to to get you know whenever I want something. That's not going to be available in the supermarket. I go there, and a it's significantly cheaper and in much bigger quantities. But also, you get the authentic stuff. And I think, but it's actually, quite overwhelming. It is quite overwhelming. But I think it's the people who go in there are are exploring, and it's not it's not like you go into a Sainsbury's or a Waitrose where you're kind of like, I know what I want I'm going in. I think you are in a kind of exploratory mm-hmm. mindset, and I think that people are trying to discover things and to you know and actually. Within the Satay Sources category, I'll just use this example, you've got a very differentiated offering, yeah, which I, people wouldn't think existed.
3: I actually used to have one of those supermarkets that, that you're talking about. And our our range has grown from my experience from that supermarket. So I'd have a lot of people come into the supermarket and they would say, wow, you've got such amazing range, but I don't know what to do with any of it. Yeah. And the challenge for us was to have staff on hand that knew enough about the products, but, uh, but could also communicate... The, the benefits of those products to the, the, the shoppers. Mm. Um, and that's a massive challenge for a lot of oriental supermarkets because yeah. they, they, you know, the way they recruit um, and also the, the skill levels of the staff working in them, they have the knowledge, but not necessarily the, the, the ability to communicate that knowledge. Um, and that sort of shaped where we wanted to go with a with product initially. Uh, and, and it really was literally okay, my wife, she did a batch of sweet and sour, put it in a bottle, stuck it on the shelf see what happened and we were just overcome by the, the the amount of interest that that garnered that we then well eventually I sold that business to, to concentrate full-time on, on production
1: oh. so where was your supermarket in Peterborough mm-hmm. yeah
3: and before that in Birmingham so we, we actually moved to Peterborough from Birmingham because they the where um, Selfridges stands now in the bowling center that's where our shop used to be uh-huh. so we and it's always been the family business I've, I've been in food in the food industry since i was tall enough to stack the shelves in my parents shop
0: well i think you're on to winner here and if anybody wants to try this amazing gold award winning food or called winning sauce it's yao which is y-a-u yao's nut free thai satay sauce definitely my favorite although at home i do have your curry sauce and hoisin sauce so um Thank definitely you. go on the website <laughs> um you'll I uh, have a link from the website, for uh, uh, from the Food Talk um, website, but it's yowlsfood.co.uk. Thank you very much, Philip. I'm Thank so you, glad you brought some with you as well. I've just you're been dipping lovely. into that. I Delicious. Take, I'm going to fight Ollie to take that jar. There from. are two <laughs> jars. Thank goodness for that. I'm really sorry, Adam. You're not getting one to take. I'm home. starving you're today. <laughs> um, and if you're interested in cornware, and you should be if you're a retailer and you're Got plastic and you're selling takeaway food and coffee and stuff like that you need to go on cornware which is w-a-r-e cornware.co.uk thank you adam the future is in corn and not plastic
2: it's in all of our hands.
0: You've got to uh, you've you've got to keep up with this and, and scale up your company as quickly as possible, I'm, I'm thinking.
2: Uh, we're marching on as best we can. Don't worry about well
0: that. Done. Well done. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show. We're available, well, just about everywhere. So listen to us on the podcast app, iTunes, Podbean various radio stations and thank you to my fellow presenter Ollie Lloyd of Great British Chefs another good program you're welcome
2: great fun
0: yeah.
1: amazing go- inspirational stuff too.
0: yeah inspirational people if you want to recommend any future guest who are just as good and wonderful as Philip and Adam um, please go on to Twitter at Food suggest anybody that you think is doing some really great stuff or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts go to foodtalk.co.uk have a good week bye <laughs>